You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to send the goat off into the wilderness. And before we do that, we need a pasuk, we need a verse. And it's it's from the parish of Achare Mount. It's the 16th chapter of Ayikra. Venasa hasair alav et kol avonotam. The goat shall carry on him all of their sins. El eretz gezera. To a land which is gezera. Gazara means to cut. Somehow this goat is going to a cut off place. Some desert is some, some place which is cut off from, I don't know, human contact. It's taking the sins somewhere else. And he shall send the goat away in the desert. So we need to get the goat to this cut-off place. And maybe we'll sort of think in the next few minutes as to what that cut-off really means. And to start off with, we need to get the goat out of the city. And some people, I mean, this is maybe this would happen today. Some people... um, some people wanted to get in the way. So they had to build a ramp. They built a ramp, essentially, like the ramp running up to the altar. This is a ramp running from the Temple Mount out to the wall of the city. And we learned in Mishnah Shkalim, in the tractate of Shkalim, that public funds may be used for this ramp. And the Mishnah explains, V'chevesh asulo habavliim. They made a ramp for for it or for him it's not quite clear is it a ramp for the person taking or a ramp for the goat we're not quite sure and i've just i've alluded to that ambiguity in the source sheet maybe they made the ramp for him or for it they made a ramp because of the babylonians who pull his hair and the commentators suggest this is pulling the hair of the person that was taking the goat although Again, it might be pulling the hair of the goat, but I'm translating here its hair out following Kahati. Vyomrim, and they saying saying to him, Tolvatse, Tolvatse, take it and go, take it and go. People are desperate to get this goat out of the city. And they're basically shouting at the guy, taking it away and pulling at him in order to get him out of the city. And so in, in order that he can get out calmly and safely, they make this ramp. And, and by the way, the Gemara in Yoma says, look, they weren't Babylonians. <laughs> the, the Gemara in Roma, in Yoma, and I, I put it on your source sheet below, says, Rabbi Baba Chana said, they weren't Babylonians. Are you Ela Alexanderim? They were Alexandrians. And because they hate Babylonians, they call them by their name, but they weren't Babylonians, they were Alexandrians. Anyway, one way or the other, they built this ramp in order to safeguard the goat and the goat's minder as they were leaving the city. And this was a this was an important part of the day. And the Mishnah continues, Yerushalayim, some of the important, some of the dear people, some of the notable people in Jerusalem, so some of the city elders, some of the important people in Jerusalem would accompany him. That is, accompany the goat and the person leading the goat until the first booth, 
עד סוכה הראשונה, של הפרסט סוכה, the first booth. עשר סוכות מירושלים ועד צוק, there were ten booths from Jerusalem to צוק. Now צוק is the place we're going to. צוק is in the middle of the Eretz Gezerah, the cut-off land. So עשר סוכות מירושלים ועד צוק, תשעים ריס, that means תשע, that's ninety ריס. So there were 10 booths between Jerusalem and Tzuk. And Tzuk is where the goat is going. So what is going on here in terms of the distance? Well, look, we've learned in the Mishnah that there are seven and a half wrists. Sorry about the typo, wrists, not wrists. Seven and a half wrists to a mill. And the Mishnah says there were 90 wrists in total. So that must be 12 mil. 12 mil to get to this cut-off land. Mil, by the way, must be cognate with the English word mile, must come from Latin or must come through the Latin. Because it is about a mile, actually. A mil is about 2,000 amot, which is about a thousand. It's about a kilometer, actually. It's, it's about a kilometer. So... We've got these 10 Sukkot, and each one is one, each Sukkah is one mil apart. So if we think about the two end of Sukkot, there are nine mil. Those 10 Sukkot cover nine mil. And the first one is a mil outside the city of Jerusalem. So that's nine plus one, that's 10. And there are two mil at the end. So that's a total of 12 12 mil to the cut-off land. Why are there two mil at the end? Well, you probably noticed that a mil is 2,000 amot, and that is the Shabbat walking distance. So people can walk from booth to booth without breaking the tum, so to speak. They must set up their Shabbat station there before Yom Kippur begins. So they go to the booth or they set up their Shabbat station at the booth before Yom Kippur begins, and then they can walk from one booth to the other booth. But there are two mil, there are 4,000 amot from the last booth to the end, because it has to be a cut-off place. It has to be a place outside the Shabbat walking distance. So right at the end, we have 4,000 amot. Right at the end, he has to go on his own. And here we're going to we're going to read about it in the Mishnah. Alkol sukha vesukha. Sorry, alkol sukha vesukha. Sorry, vesukha. Omrimlo. At every booth, they'd say to him, Hare mazon, vahare maim. Here's food and here's water. This guy is walking basically 12 kilometers in the desert, in the heat. And he has to do it. And the Bet didn't permit him to eat and to drink. Actually, they permit him to walk outside the Shabbat Tchum. He's going to walk 12 mil. They permit him to eat and to drink. So they put food and water at each sukkah, at each booth. Here's food and here's water. And they accompany him from booth to booth. So someone goes with him or a group of them go from one booth to the other booth. Except for the last one. Because they don't go with him all the way to Tzuk. They don't go all the way to Tzuk. And Tzuk is going to be 4,000 amot. They can't go without breaking the Shabbat. 
And Suk is a cut off place that he has to go there on his own. So what do they do? Eila, Omed, Merachok, Veroe, Etamaasav. So they stand from afar and they see what he does. So the last booth effectively is the last man station. And then he goes on on his own. And the Gemara comments, by the way, this is in Yoma. And this is a saying in the Gemara, which we're going to come back to when we learn the eighth chapter of Yoma. Remember the Mishnah said, At each booth they'd say to him, here's food and here's water. And the Gemara says, No one ever needed this. So there are 10 feeding stations on the journey out of Jerusalem to Tzuk, 10 stations for the person with the goat to stop and refresh himself. And the Gemara says, no, 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 no one ever, no one, no one ever actually took advantage of those. So why do they need them? So if no one needs to feed, no one ever took from the feeding station, why do they need them? So the Gemara goes on, Ela, you can't compare someone who's got bread in his basket to someone who doesn't have bread in his basket. You can't compare someone who knows where he can get his next meal to some to the insecurity, the terror, the fear of someone who doesn't know where his next meal's coming from. This is this question of security and, and transience is the question we're going to address in the eighth chapter of Yoma. And so it's very interesting that the Mish, that the Gemara is going to bring this saying now, before we get on to the eighth chapter, just with reference to the to the the emissary of the Bet Din who's carrying the who's 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 take, who's escorting the goat. And as if to say, you know, as long as he knows that he can drink, as long as he knows that he could drink if he wanted to, then he doesn't need to drink. Yeah. As long as he knows that there is drink available, he doesn't need to drink. That's effectively what the Gemara is saying. And the Yerushalmi has a couple of other stories that give the same idea. OK, so what does he do when he gets to Tzuk? What does he do? He divides or he 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 um he, yeah, he divides up the crimson strip. He he ties half of this crimson strip to the rock, and half of it he ties back on the horns of the goat. Remember. The high priest, when he drew the lots, originally tied the crimson band to the horns of the goat. So the emissary is now going to effectively untie it from the horns, cut it in two, keep half tied on a rock and retie the other half back on the goat. What's he going to do next? And he pushes it backwards. The humi galgelvi or red, and he the the goat kind of rolls over and falls. And he before he's got halfway down the slope, he's pushing it off this mountain. Before he's got halfway down, it's just 
it's just a mass of sort of dead limbs. He then he goes back and he sits under the last sukkah. So he actually goes back um, 4,000 amot. He's allowed to go back and rest in the sukkah until it gets dark. So once it's really dark, he can go back to the city. He could in principle go back to the city, but he, he doesn't need to. He can sit under the sukkah. It's not dangerous to sit under the sukkah. The Gemara considers it to be dangerous for him to stay out in the desert. So that's why, if you like, it, it's a question of pikuach nefesh. Bad things happen to people who stay out in the desert. So he has, uh, he's got, if you like, a, a heter to go out and um, sit under the last booth. What's the the crimson cloth for? Well, the crimson cord for? Well, remember, we have a tradition that the crimson cord turns white. And he needs to know, of course, when he's done his job. So what can he do? Well, if he leaves the crimson cord on the goat, then maybe he can't see it after the goat's been pushed off the cliff. Maybe the goat will fall on its head and cover the cord. If he keeps the crimson cord with him, maybe he'll maybe it'll turn white before the goat's pushed and he'll be so excited he'll forget to push the goat off. So the Gemara explains he, he rips it into two. Half he keeps with him and half he keeps on the goat. And the cord should turn white once the sins have been forgiven. And there's another, we'll learn to, when we learn the next Mishnah, there's a similar cord in the temple in Jerusalem. And then the and then the Mishnah asks, We've got another pasuk um, from the same from the parsha of Acharemot. Um, someone who sends the goat to Azazel, he shall wash his clothes and wash his flesh in water. After that, he comes in the camp. He's unclean until he's washed. So the Mishnah asks, From when are his clothes unclean? As soon as he leaves the gate, the, the wall of Jerusalem. That's the main opinion of the Mishnah. Because at that point, he becomes Hamashaleach. He becomes the emissary. And Rabbi Shimon is going to disagree. Rabbi Shimon says uh, Rabbi Shimon Omer Mishat Rabbi Shimon says no no he doesn't become the emissary until he actually throws the goat goat off and the halacha uh, the halacha does not go according to Rabbi Shimon as soon as he leaves the city walls we consider him to the, be the emissary and at that point his um at that point um his clothes become tummy very interesting. It's a paradox, just like the red heifer, the person that effectively cleanses the whole people of Israel, ends up with his clothes being tame. So it's a it's a it's a paradoxical situation. It's a reversal of roles. The person that's responsible for the cleansing of the people of Israel actually ends up with um, tuma on his on his own clothes. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.